guys, thanks for tuning in to Worth the Wait MMA Podcast. Uh, my name is Triton, and co-hosting with my brother Aries. And yeah, we're here to talk about all things MMA. Um, we'll be uploading as regularly as possible, since there's uh, always some MMA event going on almost every weekend now, which is super exciting for the sport. Yeah, we should be uploading pretty regularly, at least once a week. Yeah, I mean, the sport's pretty busy enough to do so and always growing so we'll keep uh content coming yeah it's yeah. a super super exciting time right now in the mma world they are still growing shout out to dana white and the ufc for not stopping putting on awesome fights and cards and events throughout the pandemic it's been if anything he took an opportunity there you know all the other sports stopped dana white kept going and there's been astronomical growth with the sport crazy. since he kept putting yeah. on cards, you know, and he's found a way to get it done. So huge respect to the UFC and Dana White and finding a way to keep us entertained while we're all locked up in our houses. But uh, yeah, probably has more eyes. Probably has more eyes this last year and a half than it has probably ever. I would say, <clears throat> yeah, attention and eyes and from different crowds of of people and. Yeah. <coughs> So, I mean, yeah, we're fans of the of the sport and been watching for I would time. say Long since two thousand and nine. I I'd say I've been watching it like religiously. I would say, yeah. but for Triton, what is the what is your that first fight that you remember seeing ever? Yeah. Uh, the first fight I remember ever watching, the first pay-per-view was Tito Ortiz versus Ken Shamrock. The first fight they had, because they ended up fighting three times, and Tito Ortiz whooped Ken Shamrock every time. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember watching like the, the lead-up to it and everything, and I remember hating Tito Ortiz because of all the trash talk, and I was like, dude, this is the cockiest guy I've ever seen, and I just wanted him to lose really bad. Like really bad. I wanted him to get whooped. And definitely, like, definitely, like me uh, watching wrestling and like the WWF and Ken Shamrock coming from there. <laughs> I don't true. know if everyone knows that, but very, very old days. Ken Shamrock being in the WWF <laughs> when his back with the F. So his ankle lock. I know. I remember thinking he was going to do an ankle lock on Tito Ortiz and win. <laughs> Some stupid stuff like that. And then we found out that the UFC is a totally different uh, sport than fake wrestling. I think Ken Shamrock might have been the first fighter in the octagon to wear the underwear. I think he was the first to do that. <laughs> I really do. I think he in was... Or, yeah. or Mark Coleman. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time I watched it. I got hooked. I remember... Even, like, because that was back in, what, like, 2002 when they fought the first fight? And, mm-hmm. uh... Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was, uh... Man, it was bad. He got whooped. He had, like, knots on his forehead and everything. Ken Shamrock got whooped. But mm-hmm. I remember we always used to watch the UFC knockout compilation. I feel like back in the day, there mm-hmm. was only... There was that one compilation that was floating around all the internet. Or it was like the old UFCs, like UFC 1, 2, and 3, and 4, and 5, and like the first UFCs where they were just like these brutal knockouts. You got people wearing shoes in the ring, people not wearing gloves. 
and it was just that Jake one. Abbott. Yeah. <laughs> or that, I mean, I can't remember which one it was, but the, the one where the dude was crucified and the guy's just dropping elbows to his face while he's in the crucifixion. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. yeah. <laughs> I remember I used to watch that all the time. I think the first fight I, the, the first fight I ever watched was a pretty upsetting one. It was uh, Vitor Belfort versus Randy Couture. <laughs> the eye poke one. <laughs> Yeah, and it yeah. ended in 49 seconds. Yeah, it was for the belt. Yeah, it was randomly just on in the house. I don't know who bought the pay-per-view, but that was UFC 46. Yeah, that was terrible. They had yeah, Dr. Stoppage from the eye poke, and then yeah, that was yeah. bad. And then I think the, the fight that made me stay with the sport, I mean, of course, we watched it. We watched the first uh, – Ultimate Fighter season. Oh, that's man. Well, Ultimate Fighter has some great those, seasons. Yeah, a lot especially of those seasons. early ones with the legends. Yeah, nowadays. I mean, that was that was a lot of people's introduction to the MMA world or the UFC in general. Is just like that uh, Forrest Griffin Stephen Bonner fight. That was a lot of people's introduction Oof. to. Yeah, it. yeah. That was a crazy you fight. Know. And I think the f- yeah, so we we watched it. I mean, it was on Spike TV back in the day a lot, so we watched it here and there. But the first fight that really caught my attention and made me want to keep watching every event was, to this day, probably still a classic fight on most people's list. If it's not, then I don't know. It's crazy if it's if it's not. It's it's um, Clay Guida versus Diego Sanchez <laughs> in two thousand and nine. I feel like you can't claim to be. A real fan until you see that's that. not in your top ten like yeah. greatest fights ever. <laughs> top ten greatest fights, top ten greatest stare downs. <laughs> when they first stare each other down before they fight. hmm Yeah. They both got the mean bug on, they're right in each other's faces. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun fight. And I think I think Clay I, th- I think Clay Guido was the first person I saw run to the octagon and like start singing his his intro song. <laughs> like, yeah. Jeez. Intense. Clay Guida is. Yeah. Still to this always day. Fun. Always bouncing up and down. Who did he just fight recently that he beat? He just. Oh. Yeah. Frick. I can't remember who he fought. But yeah, he was still jumping up and down, even when they were uh, announcing the winner of the fight and everything. And he just never stops moving, man. Never stops moving. I can't believe he won that fight, actually. Yeah, I was. I don't know. He's just been around so long, and I was just like, "No, nah, maybe he's gonna get whooped." I don't know. But yeah, he that chin and cardio <clears throat> still hold, holding up to this day. This it is it's crazy. He's super active, super in shape. Oh, it's Michael Johnson. That's how he just beat. He just beat Michael Johnson. Oh right. Oh, the the man with the ugliest record in the UFC. Yeah, Michael Johnson got to. Twenty wins and um, like eighteen losses. <laughs> yeah. not, I don't, I don't know how he has the jobs though. Looking rough, dude. He has some pretty exciting fights though. But it's so crazy. His his career is so crazy, and his his resume just because he'll always be known as the he guy who who stunned Khabib and had Khabib in trouble. He, he'll always be known as that guy. <laughs> but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's had some exciting fights. His Justin Gaethje fight, he was close to putting Justin Gaethje away, but couldn't get it done. Crazy fight. Yeah. But, yeah, I so, mean, <clears throat> just get into the this weekend, man. Yeah. 
we'll 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 jump into so before we get into UFC 259 this Saturday since we are starting this podcast in March you know we've missed a lot of uh, big events big fights um it's crazy the past like 3 months is ha- things have happened or 2 months actually yeah it's busy so this is busy wanna, yeah just want to touch on the important events of 2021 for the UFC. Um, I think the first one is Connor coming back in January. Yeah, of course. Anything Connor related is everyone rejoices and can't wait for that guy to get back in the octagon. Yeah, uh, but it's different though. It's different. Yeah, it's 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 kind of it sucks. You know, kind of miss that cocky Connor. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, people are starting to. People think the narrative was like, man, if if we had asshole Connor. And he he probably would have won the fight, <laughs> but I don't know. People think I mean, Connor lost because he was being nice. That's what people a lot of people are talking <laughs> about. <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of crazy, but I still don't think he would have won. Even though I had Connor winning, the Dustin is a he's a different beast at one fifty five. Dustin is an animal, dude. He's he's just been. I mean, look at who he's fought. He's fought everybody. I, mean, I think the only person I can think of that he hasn't fought, well, the only two, he hasn't fought Tony Ferguson yet, and he hasn't fought Charles Oliveira. I don't think he has. No. I mean, he's beat Max Holloway twice. You know, he beat Max Holloway very early in their career, and then he met him up again. He beat him easy. He beat Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez. I thought it could be the Moss, but, I mean. That's what so someone tweeted. Someone tweeted before that fight <coughs> that Dustin had the greatest resume in UFC history. And after that, Connor. After that, Connor <clears throat> win. Yeah, that in history. I d- disagreed, but I think after that, Connor win. I think it should be talked about his resume, but I don't. Think, <coughs> I still don't think the greatest ever. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to say the greatest ever. For anyone, really, it's hard to say. I mean, that's, I don't know. He, he has a very impressive resume. I would say maybe out of all the active fighters today, you could say he has the most impressive resume right now. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Because even like Khabib, even, I mean, don't get me wrong, Khabib's a beast, and he's he beats some, he beat everybody, obviously. He's undefeated, but there's even some people that, I don't know. Has Khabib fought everyone that Dustin's fought? I don't know. No, but okay, this is the thing. Khabib's early win streak when it started, I mean, yeah, there were guys, but they weren't like top level guys, I don't think. Yeah. He didn't stay in that position to I don't know, call himself the greatest. I don't I don't think. Yeah, you could be have zero losses, you know, that's impressive, but I think it, it depends who you fought and who you beat. Strength of schedule, yeah, and yeah. when they when they when he beat them. Let me see. I mean, Gleason Tebow probably gave him the hardest time. Almost beat him. <clears throat> I, I thought he did. I thought he won. To be honest, I thought Gleason Tebow did win the fight. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. Um, he beat RDA, Michael Johnson. I mean, depending on how you feel about Michael Johnson, I don't know. He beat Edson Barboza. 
So I guess his yeah, his most impressive three wins, I guess, are his last three fights, which is Connor, Dustin, and Gaethje, Justin Gaethje. Those are those are the biggest yeah. names he's beat, and they're his last three fights. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't know. Now, if he would have stayed and ran through this top ten, top yeah, seven right true. now, yes, I would. I would glad you put you like number two. I, th- I still think John Jones is number one though. True. But, yeah. Um, it's tough to yeah. John Jones is one of those resumes that's pretty. That's that's a pretty tough resume. Because I mean, most of those guys he beat, they you could say they're all still in their prime. I mean, maybe not like their prime prime, but they were still in that. That's exactly they what I'm washed. saying. They weren't washed by any means. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. He went through decades of great fighters. Yeah, he did. I mean, I think. When he beat Leota Machida the way he did, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, dang. Yeah. Because I think Leota was the one that gave him his first round that he lost ever in his career. Leota was giving him some trouble early in the fight, but in John Jones fashion, he found a way. Just like he has in almost every fight that he's been tested in, he just found a way. <clears throat> but, I mean, I oh, just... just- I just pulled up Dustin's uh, record, and I'm looking at his names that he's beat. I don't know. I think Dustin. Guess who? Yeah, it's tough, man. I... Guess who beat him though? Michael, Michael Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And guess guess who? Michael Johnson also beat Tony Ferguson too. That bastard. <laughs> it's crazy. It's the whole MMA math thing. We know that we know that MMA math does not work. We we don't think it does, but it's it's always funny to look at those weird MMA math equations and it's just sometimes funny, you know, someone like Michael Johnson, he's obviously shows he has the the talent to be elite, but something, he just can't get over the hump. I don't know what it is, but he just gets stuck every time at the top of that hill. He just can't get over. What a list that would be top 10 fighters that can't get over the hump. <laughs> we might have to do that. We really might have to do that. It's like the what if. Guys. No, that'd be fun. It's like the guys that are just like, yeah, yeah. these guys are animals. <laughs> But they just could never find their way. They could never break through that wall to put him in the top contender uh, talk, you know. But Dustin Poirier, I mean, dude, he's got – it's crazy. He beat Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway, Dan Hooker, Conor McGregor. And he fought Eddie Alvarez twice. He fought uh, Max Holloway twice. I mean, I don't know. It's mm. and even like some of his lower fight, he he fought Jim Miller. Jim Miller is no joke. And if you think he's a joke, that's some disrespect on Jim Miller. People need to stop playing. Michael Johnson, he's. I think Michael Johnson might have some of the most impressive hand speed in the lightweight division. He's got fast hands. He does. I don't care what anyone says, but yes. Um, it, it's a, it, it's a lifesaver. It's a lifesaver for him. Yeah, it is. It, it keeps him in fights. It does. Sure. I mean, still, I, still dangerous. That's how he was able to catch Khabib. His hands are fast, especially in, in the first couple of rounds when he's still fresh. He just catches people. I mean, yeah. And then even like the smaller fights, like he fought Yancy Medeiros. Yancy Medeiros is so fun to watch. He's crazy. Joe Duffy. I think Joe Duffy. Like, I wanted, I wanted Yancy to uh, be in a better position right now, but it's okay. Know who he trains with, though? Um, oh, go ahead. <clears throat> who's that? 
Yancy Medeiros, I was saying he trains with like uh, the Diaz boys and everything. Like he kind of joined their little entourage, it seems. Mm-hmm. He trains with Nick, Nate, Jake Shields, Gilbert Melendez. <laughs> I'm like, dude, mm, that's appropriate. Big Island. Yeah, that's nice. appropriate. That's appropriate. <clears throat> big Island to Stockton. But I mean, with okay, Connor so losing. Kind of stay on the. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's it's what I kind of want to get into. It's weird. I feel like the mystique is gone. I mean, a lot of us Connor fans have been holding on to like, you know, the whole motivated McGregor <laughs> thing or that he's going to come back and take over again. <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. It feels, feels different. It feels, di- feels weird this time. And I don't think, and I know Dana will probably give it to him, but another title, uh, the, the Dustin fight for the third time and make that the championship fight for the lightweight belt, which I don't think it's right at all. But I know knowing Dana, I feel like he would give that to Connor. <coughs> That's a tough decision. It's it's weird where the lightweight division is because of that. Like cause it's weird because Connor's coming off of two losses, right? Or, yep. Yeah, he's coming off two losses, and to give him the title shot, I don't know. That's weird. But then again, Dustin, he was just on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was saying that he really likes that trilogy fight with Connor. And why not? Because he's going to get paid. It's probably it might be the biggest fight of all time. You never know. But oh, bro, get that hot sauce, bro. Come on now. I know. <laughs> oh no. We said Connor. Connor's uh, he won against Donald and then lost against uh, Khabib. Right. So he lost to Khabib and lost to Dustin. Right. So it was a, coming yeah, off two losses. And then had that Donald fight before. Okay. Dustin. Oh, so oh Donald was oh yeah that's right huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it would still be weird because I mean, if Dana was to set that up for a championship fight, that's strange. Just because, like, you still got Charles Oliveira, who's coming off an eight-fight win streak. You got. And I, I hate I the. <clears throat> I don't like the Oliveira slander at all. Like all these <laughs> top four ranked fighters, it's pissing yeah. me off. It is. Like he's like, oh, he beat Tony that night. Oh, okay, that's good, good for him. But he still needs another fight. I'm like, bro, you know what he did to he Tony? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And people need to stop with that. Tony's done. Uh, Tony's not done. He just yeah. ran into two beasts of a fighters that night and was unlucky, you know? Yeah, I think Tony came back a little too soon, if anything. I think he needed to take some more time off after getting his ass beat by Justin Gagey. Bad. I agree. <clears throat> and the weight cuts, too. I mean, he probably shouldn't have come back so soon. But, yeah, I don't think Tony's washed. He's a freaking nature. I seriously don't. It'll be interesting. Just every everyone, everyone in that top five is going to be interesting to see who everyone fights next. It'll be, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so set up, set the matches for Dustin Connor, Oliveira, um, <coughs> and Chandler, and who else is in that? Um, Booker, uh, Ferguson. No, yeah, just oh, Gaethje, Justin Gaethje. Oh yeah, Gaethje, Gaethje. So there's five. 
what do you do with make those matches right now if you would if you wanted to call it that's tough I think I I think right off the bat the most obvious is Dustin and Charles Oliveira for the belt no question no question Chandler I think uh, Michael Chandler should fight Justin Gaethje yes that's the fight we everybody Uh, wants I think it's a great fight I think stylistically too yeah stylistically I mean they're both wrestlers that love to just throw bombs at each other. Um, yeah, I was I was shitting on Chandler before he came in because I was yeah. being a UFC fanboy. Yeah, but that man is the real deal. He's a beast, man. Goodness gracious, he's so strong. His body is so he's got such a thick torso too. Like he's just like a just a tank. I don't know. It's like weird. And that was probably his worst matchup was Dan Hooker. I don't know. Like I don't know if anyone else is going to be as difficult of a matchup but dan hooker i feel bad for dan i feel bad for for that dude yeah i I just felt like he was trying to figure out the puzzle and he just got knocked out before he could solve it well even out of even out of the ring or out of the octagon i mean dude it's crazy he he hasn't seen his family in forever like he hasn't been able to he's he's constantly just been quarantined for whatever reason so like i saw i think i saw someone post about it and they said it yeah, he still hasn't been able to see his family after he got knocked out by Michael Chandler. Like he hasn't been able to. Yeah, he can see them through like the gates and the fences and everything, but he can't talk. He can't hold his daughter. So, or any of that stuff. so what I heard, so what I heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but what I heard and read was he had the fight with Chandler, right? And then they couldn't book the fight, the flight back home until like weeks after the fight, and then with New Zealand's quarantine. They uh-huh. yeah, they have to have a two week quarantine process or something like that. So that's adding on more time to him not seeing his family for this long period of time. It's rough. Yeah. You kinda of wonder if that played into I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the time the timing of everything and how that all fit into the timeline of his fight with Michael Chandler, but all that stuff, man, it, it affects them. I'm sure it affects them. So you kinda of wonder if some of that out of the the ring stuff affected him that night. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully he's not going back to Fire Island ever. No. <laughs> I think right now would be a good time to set up either Tony versus Connor or Dan Hooker versus Connor. I think it would be. But I think Connor needs to go down and fight someone outside of the top five. And I think at this ben- point. Benil Dariush. <laughs> I think that, Connor would Connor. love that. I know for real. <laughs> That guy's insane, Connor. man. That guy's Darius crazy. Darius is man. He's crazy. Love, love me some Darius. He's he's too entertaining too. He's too entertaining to not give him like a just a top fight. Not like he's just too humble. Yeah. Too humble. <clears throat> even, yeah. Even his call out. Even when, like when he in his interview when he was like talking like calling the UFC out it. or whatever. I was like, dude, it was still nice though. He wasn't <laughs> even mean about it. Um, but yeah, I feel like your Matthews are beating someone's ass. Yeah, he's definitely got that that dad yeah. bod kind of Ben Askren feel. I agree with your matchup though, <clears throat> with the gray hairs. <laughs> oh man, okay. I mean, even so with these I, matchups, I agree though, with your matchups for the light. Yeah, I think speaking yeah. of matchups, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of jumping into the the Max Holloway and Calvin Cater fight. I mean, that was crazy. His whole performance was insane. 
Um, but kind of seeing Greatest what it makes for him. Max dude. performance. Yes. It's it's probably to be honest, it might be one of the greatest performances ever put on by a fighter. Like just it could be Ooh. top ten. In my opinion. I mean, not only was it <clears throat> not only was it high stakes, because it was high stakes, because I think every fight that Max is in now is gonna be high stakes. Yep. But it was the first uh, fight card on ABC. And then one of the yes. top yep. for me, one of the top five most badass moments ever in MMA when Max is talking to the desk while he's slipping punches. Oh my god. Crazy. I was so hyped Dude. up. I was hyped up. I was so I'm hyped a up. I'm a Cater fanboy, but man, I was oh, I loved it. I mean that's he already had a whole I, bunch of I didn't of think moments. anything was gonna Yeah, I didn't think anyone anything was gonna you know pass that uh Lima or Oh the uh, Lamas, Lamas, uh, Lamas, Ricardo Lamas. Ricardo Lamas. Yeah, yeah, when he pointed to the ground, yeah. I didn't think anything was going to pop that moment, but that did, dude. That was wild. That's seriously, like, that's going to be in, like, the highlight reels in the future. That's going to be talked about forever, I think. Like, it's just, that was so insane. And then he's talking trash. He's talking, he's having, like, a full-on conversation with the, the UFC commentators and talking crap to Calvin Cater. With and, one of the best boxers in front of you yeah. throwing punches at you oh my goodness it was impressive man i honestly believe Insane. if max can can replicate that that kind of uh, energy he had and if kind of getting that state again where he was just flowing and everything was just perfect for him i just don't think anyone beats him i really don't <laughs> yeah, i just get running alex yeah that, see that, that that's why i'm curious to see what happens with max after this because I mean, he 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 has two losses to Volkanovski, but you know everyone. I think it's almost it's pretty popular opinion that Volkanovski didn't win that second one. I didn't think he did. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with yeah, that. Live. Nice. Yeah, watching that fight live, I called it a tie. <laughs> the uh, the Vulcan Holloway two. <clears throat> yeah. It was but close. Rewatching it again, I was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Max, Max won." <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I still think because I mean, I watched it three times because I was just trying to see. I'm like, maybe I'm just being biased because I'm a fan. But now I think Max did more than enough to win. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't, you know, everyone's so excited to get Max back in the ring with Volkanovski, but Volkanovski, he's. <laughs> He might not even make it past Brian Ortega. <laughs> so, Brian Ortega, oh my yeah. goodness. <clears throat> Bald head, short hair, Ortega's uh, yeah. the improvements he's made against the Korean Zombie's last fight is oh. impressive. He, Zom- Zombie didn't even look Making like that he should be there. Like, yeah, Ortega, Ortega just, and it has nothing to do with, I don't even think Zombie was unprepared. I don't think he had a bad training league or anything i think ortega just had his number that night and he just shut down every aspect man that's crazy i mean shoot would you rather see a volk volkanovsky holloway three or an ortega holloway two i don't know um i'd rather see max take the belt from volkanovsky to get his you Kinda, know, yeah. revenge right, right. fight. 
that would be nice. Yeah, especially after that Ortega fight with Max the first time. Like, True. I don't know. Yeah. Even though Ortega's improvements, I just I don't see much changing. To be honest with you, as much as that sounds messed up, but Max is that good, the yeah. greatest featherweight of all time. Yeah, I don't think it's it's tough for someone to argue against that now. I think. I mean, a lot of people want to say Jose Aldo. And then a lot of people want to say Connor because Connor knocked out Jose Aldo, but I'm like, no. I mean, I think I think Max has earned it. <laughs> like, I think, I think Max. I think it goes <clears throat> Max Aldo McGregor. Yeah, yeah, that's that seems fair. I mean, he'd be Aldo twice, man. No one can say they did that. I mean, even though yeah. Connor beat Max Holloway, a very young Max Holloway. I think it'd be very, very different if they fought again today. Very different. I mean, that's like a a junior in high school being up a seventh grader. Yeah, it was. I mean, if you want to compare it like that, I mean, that's how I see it. Yeah, Max was young. I mean, Max's first fight, he was 20 years old. Yeah. He was young. And he was skinnier, believe it or not. Weird. Yeah, so Featherweight has some movement. And Ortega Volkanovski is happening next month, I think. Um, another weight class is the welterweight division that just had Usman versus Burns uh, about three weeks ago. That man, I tell you what, Usman, Usman, he's can stand that man. <laughs> yes, I think I, I, I think I'm kind of guilty. Of uh, giving into all the bandwagon hate that he gets, everyone calls him boring and stuff, and like everyone, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I've picked against him several times, and every time he's just, I've he's, always picked against him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't he know makes what it is. Stupid. <laughs> I, I really, I did like so much homework on Gilbert Burns and Kamara Usman, and I. Yeah, I went in depth too, and I was like, for, I was pretty sure Gilbert Burns was gonna win. And then when Gilbert Burns rocked him in that first round, I was like, oh shoot, I'm right. Nope. I was like, oh shit, I should have bet. <laughs> but then Usman's big ass head is still strong, and his chin holds up. Dude, his and jab, though, man. He put oh. on some of the most beautiful jabs yeah. I've seen in a while. Jazz yeah. crazy. Shout out to Trevor Whitman and uh, Justin Gagey. Yeah, I know what a coach and a and a partner to have to train with. And those guys are maniacs. And yeah, Trevor, Trevor Whitman's is one, of, one of my favorites. He's yeah, he's he's just entertaining though. He seems like a cool dude. He's but he's even entertaining to listen to, like on the podcast and stuff. He's very knowledgeable, mm. very well spoken. But he's also got this kind of charisma about him. It's like hard not to like him, but yeah, you can only imagine that if if Kamaru keeps continuing to train with Trevor, I mean, I bet I just don't know who's gonna be Kamaru. Flying flying knees, uh, some crazy shit coming out of that camp, maybe. <laughs> maybe dude. striking is. But so with that Burns win <clears throat> from Usman. The question that was kind of thrown around is, 
is Usman in the conversation with GSP of greatest welterweight? Oh, yes. This might be a hot take. And, I mean, I think I, most people might disagree with me because I think everyone yeah, loves to hold shirt. on. Throw that hot shit out there. Everyone loves to hold on to the past and be like, you know, oh, GSP is the GOAT, the greatest ever. But, no. I think I think prime Usman versus prime GSP, I think Usman gives GSP the business. I think he gives him the work. Ooh. I think if you were to if you were to drop prime GSP into the welterweight division today, I think he would be like I don't know, dude. It's a it's a tough it's a tough, it's tough man. It is. I, I just don't like, see him tough. He's not dominating. He's not dominating like he did back in his day. Not the, not the welterweights of today. He's definitely not going to dominate. I don't care what anyone says. I'm like, dude, he's he's not going to dominate, man. I yeah, I, strongly I don't know believe. if GSP right now is. I don't know if GSP right now is sniffing the top five. That's what I was saying. I was saying I I put him maybe like four or five at the highest. But like, man, that that's that's tough. Like, I mean. Let's just be real. Like GSP, I mean, I don't know if he really fought anyone that was like an MMA fight. Like you know, everyone when, was a specialist back then. Everyone was a wrestler or a striker. But today, it's like everyone's everything. Today, you know, you got strikers who can wrestle, wrestlers yeah. who can strike. I mean, you're gonna tell it makes me it so well. I know. Like I just can't see. That's tough. The I movement mean, on the feet, the speed of the fighters now. Just how they train and everything is surpassed what GSP had and has has done in training by a lot. <laughs> I mean, for us, for us, the hobby talks like GSP could jump in there with the best of them and dominate. Like today, like he he talks like GSP hasn't ever stopped training, which I believe GSP probably hasn't ever stopped training. But I'm just like, dude, that top five. I mean, right off the bat, number five is Stephen Thompson. That's a tough one, yeah, dude. That- that man is sticking and moving on his ass all day long. <laughs> that is tough. Yeah, Stephen Thompson. You got Jorge Masvidal after that. You got Leon Edwards, Gilbert Burns. Then you got Colby Covington. God damn. That's that's tough. That's a tough lineup. And I, I yeah, I don't know. To me, long uh, long answer short, I think Camaro should be considered the best welterweight. I mean, I think. I don't know if I mean, he has. He doesn't have as many defenses, right? As no, he doesn't have anywhere near as many defenses as GSP had. But no, not not even. No, not even. Like I think he only has like, yeah, he only has like three, right? Three, three or four. Three. Yeah, Colby, Jorge, and Gilbert, right? That's yeah. it. <clears throat> and what GSP? He has the record, right? Twelve, twelve defenses. 11 or something, 12. I don't yeah. think that will ever be beaten again, but. I mean, if you look at the numbers, obviously people are going to say GSP is the more accomplished, has the more title defenses, but I'm just like, come on, dude. Like, just, just let's, let's be real. They're like, just look at the talent. Look at the talent difference. Um, Sean Shirk. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on, man. You guys Shirk, aren't touching the him. The Shirks of the world, the. Uh, the the old Matt Hughes kind of became yeah. Matt Hughes. I'm just like I don't know. Now PJ I'm, Penn wasn't the same. I don't think it's. I just think it'd be different, man. 
Yeah, it's, and uh, I think just talking about what's way goats, I think Woodley Woodley's name should be in that conversation as well. If it isn't already with fans, <clears throat> people need to stop sleeping on what he did, even if it wasn't boring or yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> well, that's what cracks me up is like. I think a lot of people forget what the narrative was for GSP. You know, everyone talks about GSP like he's the goat, he's the greatest, and this and that. But when he was when he was actually like dominating everyone and fighting, people didn't like him. He was known as a very boring champion. He was known as one of the most boring champions because he wrestled Lay everyone. And pray. Yeah, lay and pray. He wasn't like I mean, fans loved him because he was like one of the first champions that was super humble and he was very just this nice guy, you know, he's like who you want to be the face of your company. But yeah, yeah, he, he got a lot of crap for being a boring fighter. I'm just like, but now it's like everyone forgets and everyone talks about him. Like he was just dropping dudes on their heads and knocking people out in the first round. I'm like, yeah, right, dude. So, yeah. So with the, like the top five right now in the welterweight division, um, I think once they've moved their egos aside, we can get some damn movement in over here. Because <laughs> everyone's everyone's calling out everybody, but no one's you know signing contracts or willing to take that fight. No one wants to see a Leon Leon Edwards, you know. They rough to say guy. this and that, but you know, I hope we can get some movement. I actually think Stephen Thompson can give Usman some problems. I think so too. I think Stephen Thompson is a prime example of what like the MMA culture is today. Like someone loses a fight or two, and then everyone just like forgets about them and thinks that their career is over. And I'm like, dude, Stephen Thompson's still bad. He's still a bad, bad dude, and he can still. He's probably the best striker in the division still. Like. Come on now. <laughs> like, he's a beast, man. And Not many people has solved that man's puzzle nope. yet. Except Woodley. And that took four, almost four and a half rounds. <laughs> it was, yeah. Two times. And, so, and he is, he's that, too. He's the only guy that's ever fought. I mean, who else has Tyron Woodley fought twice? You know? I mean, everyone seems to, like, just kind of fight him and be done with him after, you know? That's... I don't know. Regardless of what Tyron Woodley's become now, he's still dangerous, you know, because you still know he's capable of just knocking you out. Like, you know, so I don't know. I think Stephen yeah. Thompson deserves that shot, though. I mean, this just makes sense. You know, Kamara's beat the top four. Let, let Thompson get a chance, you know? Yeah, and I – I mean, the, the rumors are Masvidal and him being the next coaches – for yeah. the next Ultimate Fighter, so yeah, I saw that. I think Colby is going to wait and not want to fight anyone. So I'm guessing that leaves whatever happens with Leon Edwards and his fight. Uh, Bilal, right? Muhammad. That's who he's fighting. Oh, yeah. Bilal. That's a, that's dude. That's a huge opportunity for Bilal. Shout out man. Bilal. That'd um, be crazy. So, yeah. If Bilal wins, holy crap! That that kind of just throws a wrench in everything. Like, yeah, it changes the rankings pretty significantly. I would say. I mean, right now Bilal's ranked at number thirteen. If he fights Leon Edwards number three and beats him, 
I mean, that's and Leon Edwards hasn't fought in a long time. You know, Bilal's active. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Leon must be paying like Sean Shelby to keep his ranking that high because there ain't no damn way Leon's ranked that high still after not fighting in like two years. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. It's crazy that he's still up there and. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, though. It'll be very interesting to see that fight. Um, oh, dang. I'm just thinking about it. I think Tyron Woodley's next fight is against uh, Vicente Luque. Yeah, dude. I saw that, and I was like, it's going to be a long night for Tyron. Luque is one of those fighters, man. He's just oh, – he is Luque's so tough. Luque is one of the funnest people to watch. In that I episode. know. He's so fun to watch, and he's but he's so tough. Like His fight against Stephen Thompson was good. Like, it was a good fight, yeah. and Stephen Thompson even said he might be one of the toughest dudes I ever fought. Like, Thompson said that. So, yeah, he's he's a tough dude. That'll be an interesting fight. It'll, it'll be curious. – I'm curious to see how Tyron Woodley bounces back. I don't know, man. He's – yeah, he's got to do something. I don't know either. Know. He's got to do something to I make us know. believers again. <laughs> Like he said, he said he was going to let his hands go his next fight, but he's been saying that. Yeah. Yeah. He's for, what, <laughs> three years. Yeah. He's not looking too hot lately, but yeah. Anyways. So <clears throat> the next division I want to jump into that just had two big fight nights in their division is the heavyweight division. Um, Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. <laughs> And Man. then Gone <laughs> and Rosenstrike just fought last week. So, I don't know. <laughs> people were saying that the heavyweight division was kind of dried up and, I don't know, they need new talent or something like that. But I think the heavyweight think division here. is alive and well yeah. right now. I think that new probably talent most, this year. Yeah, probably the most exciting it's been in – I would say like three, four years probably. Yeah, because I mean, I do agree. For a while, it was just like those top three, top two rankings in the champion. That was pretty much it. But yeah, yeah. now it's looking. Man, is tough because like, I don't know. I, I personally feel like he's not as good as he's made out to be. Don't get me wrong. He's still a beast, but. The fact, you know, Alistair Overeem was giving him the work, giving him the business, the whole fight, and he pulled it out. I just think out. he's a one-trick pony, bro. I just think he's a one-trick pony right now. He is. I think when, he needs when to he, learn more, yeah, for sure. Switch camps. I think it's time to switch camps because I think he's he is in those prime years of his career right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's some time just to go learn another style or from another coach, fresh set of eyes. He needs to. He definitely, because I, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, he he didn't do anything against Serial. Like, he just didn't, he just seemed like he didn't know what to do. Like, he was just, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he had any answer, any no. answer for Serial. <clears throat> so. I mean, Gon's, Gon's movements are, there. I think there are a lot for those heavyweight dudes. It It is a lot, man. His name is not John Jones. True. That, it, that I'm interested to see what happens with that. Is it already written in stone that John Jones is going to fight for the belt for his first fight, or is that just talk? I, right now, it, it's talk, but I think Dana 
you know Dana. Yeah. You know Dana wants yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But I, I would just, love to I would love to see some Steve and uh, John Jones. I would love that too. Steve Bay, man. I love Steve Bay. I love this <laughs> Steve Bay, dude. Can't understand a damn word he says, but he's <laughs> so I'd, I'd be dying laughing when people are quoting him on the in the comment sections and they're just they're just like hitting all the letters and everything. <laughs> it's hilarious, <laughs> dude. Because you can't. He's he's probably a that's another countdown, like the top five <laughs> like fighters that have like the worst English or something. I don't know. He's up there with like Max Holloway. But anyways, <clears throat> yeah, I think I, I personally I would like to see John Jones fight someone else before he fights for the belt. I think it'd be interesting. Like that's uh, that's what I was hoping, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, it probably isn't. You're you're probably right. Dana's probably just gonna push for that championship fight and I think what could be interesting, though, you know, I mean, it's just weird because I feel like there's kind of this uneven number right now because you got Stipe fighting Francis. Then you got three guys in the top five that are coming off of wins. And then you got John Jones. So John Jones would make it an even number. So I feel like it because like right now, I mean, you got Derek Lewis coming off a big win. You got Cyril Gunn, who's got three fight win streak, I believe. And you got Alexander Volkov, who's back number five, who just won his last fight. So it's like, throw John Jones in there, you got four people, you can make two matches. And I really think the person who's being shitted on the most in this whole heavyweight picture is Derek Lewis. Might be. Stipe waiting for the next next title fight. It just messes up Derek Lewis's wait time and scheduling his next fight when he wants to and I mean, I would hate to, for Derek Lewis to wait on Gone and then Derek, Lu- Derek Lewis loses and, you know, he never sees a title fight again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that he, he fought for the title so early on in his career, like his UFC career. Derek Lewis? Yeah. Against DC? Yeah. Like, even though I don't think he he had any business being there, which I think yeah, was – I know. That it was, was made, yeah, it was made obvious because like DC destroyed him. But um, I think it's interesting to see that he's circled back. He's made his adjustments. He's gotten better. He's lost weight. He's working on his ground game now. His jujitsu and and he's still got his knockout power. Like I seriously, I think it's it's almost like admirable to see that he's come back and he's now he's putting his name right back up there, and he's definitely proven to be a better version of himself. So. I don't know, man. That'd be interesting. Derek Lewis has this has this special move he likes to pull out in the middle of fights is is that flying knee. Yeah, he loves that flying knee, and sometimes it sets up those powerful hooks that follows after that knee. Yeah, kind of like carries his momentum into the hook. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Well, he even throw those switch kicks sometimes too. Like he'll throw those like it's just like random, but it's like can't say nothing because he's just still knocking people out. So it's like, yeah, that guy's a beast, man. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. If I, if I had my way, I would have John Jones meet Alexander Volkov. Cause I think, I think Volkov is that man's coming around. Man. I, I thought that he was going to be the one back when he fought Derek Lewis. I thought Volkov was going to be the one to, 
to dethrone DC. I thought he was. Unfortunate. Um, so unfortunate, dude. That changed everything. Volkov was giving it to Derek Lewis. Like, obviously, going to win that fight. He got knocked out in, like, the last 10 seconds. Yeah. Ugh, that's heavyweights for you, though, dude. It's like, you just never know. I don't know how many times that's happened in a heavyweight fight where they just get knocked out at the end. But, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that would be a very interesting fight. I don't I don't know even know if John Jones would want that fight. I know it's Alexander Volkov. He's not, like, a huge superstar, but that's he's big as hell. Like, yeah, the he's tall. I love, I love both of them. That'd be the first time that John Jones fought someone taller than him, probably. Because I don't think he's he's fought anyone that's taller than him. I think Alexander Gus was uh, the closest person. Probably him and Dominic uh, Reyes were were both up there, but they. Oh yeah. Yeah, Volkov is huge, and he's a striker. So it's like I don't know, man. That'd be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see Lewis versus Volkov too. I don't know. I mean, it might, it might come down to it. But who do you have versus Tipe and Naganu too? I can't bet against Tipe, man. I just – he's such an animal. And if he's coming off fresh, you know, because – Healthy. Yeah, if he's healthy and he's got time, he's rested. And, dude, he, I feel like he's just losing weight like crazy. Like he's really slimming down. And I think it might just be him working on his cardio. I Yeah, I think – I think it might be very similar to the first fight. I think that Francis will be kind of cautious about the takedown, and he'll he might be a little hesitant. But I think it. I think Stipe gets it done. I just do. Stipe is a beast, man. As beast as beast as Nagano is, and the, as much power as he has, he still throws wild. Yeah, like when he knocked out Jorginho. Like it was yes. like, like his punches were terrible. It was like making an X silhouette yeah. on his arm. <laughs> it was like, dude, it was just wild. So you want to do that against a crisp boxer like yeah. Stipe? He's gonna he's gonna move to the side and give you some you know nice pieces. And he's so, he's no joke. Like his wrestling is no joke. Like Stipe is a he's a real wrestler. I mean, he wrestled I think D one. He wrestled D one in college. I mean, any kind of college wrestling, in my opinion, is it's. I mean, wrestling is wrestling. If you can wrestle at college, dude, it's that's a big deal. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's his base. But you you wouldn't even be able to tell he was a wrestler because he's just his boxing is freaking crazy. His hands, got hands. <clears throat> yeah. So I think Stipe gets it done. I think Stipe defends his title. I would love to see Stipe versus John Jones. I'm not. I'm kind of done with like the Francis and Gani thing. I mean. Him and Derek Lewis are like in the same category. I don't think they have a whole bunch of skills. I don't think they have a deep arsenal of weapons. I think they're just crazy strong strikers. And so I don't know. Yeah, Nugano just has powerful hands and <clears throat> crazy abdomen where he gets punched in by <laughs> people and recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I don't give a damn. Like he's gonna just body punch you all all fight. He's gonna yeah. punch your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Garcia, Ryan Garcia doing that? Just like giving them a whole bunch of hooks to the body. That's like, that nice. Good for you, Nagano. It's like, dude. Okay. So yeah. So with all that catching up of the of the year so far, we're gonna jump into the UFC 259 card. 
we got three ch- championship bouts on the on the main card that night. It's gonna be crazy. That that card's stacked. You know that a card is stacked when Dominic Cruz is not on the main card. Like <laughs> that's crazy. It's just I mean you got I mean, what's the first one? Is is uh, Aljo and Jan fighting first? Out of the, yeah, yeah, they're fighting first. So Jan and Sterling first on the card. <sighs> I, I love the fight. I love stylistically. I love the fight, but I think Jan is the most underrated champ on the UFC roster right now. He might be, but I mean, it's probably just because he doesn't care to market himself. He he doesn't care about any of that. He'll tweet yeah. back and forth with some of these guys, but you know. I mean, I mean, his jokes are plain as hell, but <laughs> like, he, he's not flashy with his punches or his kicks, but he's really fundamentally sound, and he's tough. He's and tough. He's willing to trade with you. He's tough in tough. the pocket. He's very. tough. I mean, wa- watching his Aldo fight, Aldo was getting him, but it yeah. wasn't affecting him at all. It wasn't. I was so, impressed, actually. I was impressed by Aldo how well he did. I was kind of worried for him. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. But, yeah, Aldo did pretty good for, like, the first couple of rounds. Yeah, he he looked, he looked nice in that second round. I He won the second round, too, with just leg kicks alone. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I do – I mean, there is a pretty – there's a pretty big gap between their uh, their reaches. I think Aljo has, like, a four-inch reach advantage on, on Petter Jan. And so, I think – that's something I noticed about Aljo's. He like he you can use his distance. He, I don't know. He he knows how to fight long. You know what I mean? Like he knows how to keep yeah. his distance. And uh, Sterling, he, he, I love the pressure that he brings to his fighters. And he's his side to side move, his side to side movements as as well. But he leaves himself open a lot, especially when he gets close, trying yeah. to trying to throw feints and his punches, his jabs. So. I don't know. But that, it's interesting you point that out too, because that's where that's where Petter Jan is like a beast, isn't close. Like, yes, when he fought Uriah Faber, man, some of those exchanges when Uriah got in close, I think Petter Jan dropped a big old right elbow in Uriah's eye and like <laughs> cut him open bad. It was bad. Yeah, Uriah got his ass whipped that night. Goodness gracious. But yeah, that's that's yeah, interesting. So- so do you think uh, Aljo just tries to keep his distance? Do you think he just picks him apart from the outside and just plays it safe, or do you think he he tries to wrestle him? I think uh, we'll see first two rounds, one and a half rounds of him <clears throat> trying to fight from distance, mm-hmm. um, and then him go for grappling later. But again, Jan is solid grappler. He's so strong on top control, too. So, I don't know. I think Aljo will find that out when he gets to that position. <laughs> It'd be interesting. I think Aljo – I know there's a – he's pretty confident in his wrestling, and he should be. I mean, Aljo's a D3 wrestler. He wrestled in college, and his coaches – Alec Quinta. Yeah. I mean, he, the fact that Matt is his coach and stuff, he's got, he got wrestlers, he, you know. He's got that New York squad. That's where he's from, right? New York. And he, so he yeah. trains with uh, Chris Weidman, wrestler, Ally Quinter, wrestler, Matt Serra, Ray Long. I think it's Ray Longo. I can't remember. But yeah. 
Yeah, he's got wrestlers for sure. <clears throat> so I think he's pretty confident in his wrestling against uh, Petter Jan. I don't think Petter has a grappling background. Like, I think his, his origins are Muay Thai. His striking. Which is kind of crazy because in his fights, he's had some takedowns and some trips that he's done where, I don't know, like, he, he looks like a grappler. <laughs> to me, he looks like a grappler. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong, but don't yeah. quote me on that. But I think... I remember I was reading one day, and I think if I remember correctly, his background is like Muay Thai. But I, I still, yeah, don't know 100%. <clears throat> but I just yeah, I think Aljo's going to find out just how strong he is when it comes to grappling. And I think Jan stays a champ, and I think he's going to stay the champ for a, a little while. Cody. Sanhagen might, might make a, a little splash, but I don't know, dude. I think uh, I think both of us agree. No love, no love's gonna take his throne back. Oh yes, <laughs> no love gets a, gets no love on Twitter, but <laughs> I don't. I feel like people hate that guy, but yeah, I don't know. Which is, uh, I understand, I guess. But <laughs> after I saw what he did to the cruise, I kind of switched over. I was like, Oof. yeah. That's oh nice. man, talking about performances, man, that might be. I mean, it was sad because I love Dominic Cruz, but it was – I love watching that fight again just to see, like, all the I – mean, it was beautiful. It, it was beautiful. Just, like, all the slipping and all the dodging and everything, man. It was just crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be – that fight will be fun for sure. I think someone gets knocked out, to be honest. I don't think it goes to the scene. Um, Ooh, I like it. Nunez versus Anderson, interesting fight. I think <clears throat> I know. I know people are like, no, it's not. It's not interesting at all. Nunez is gonna, you know, be a show dominance again, of course. And she probably but, will. I mean, she probably will. She probably that's yeah. Most it's likely. a safe bet. It's yeah, a safe bet. It is. Anderson's long body makes this very very interesting. I, and I think uh, a good fight to look at is the Nunez versus uh, Jermaine Durandamy fight. You know, mm. I think Jermaine Durandamy, she's not as, I don't think she's as thick or as solid as Megan Anderson. But there were some times where Jermaine Durandamy, if she had more speed and more power maybe, and there were even some times on the ground where she had Amanda Nunez in trouble. There were some times. Even though Amanda Nunez still dominated that fight for the most part. I think there was a little bit of exposure, and I think she showed some holes that could be capitalized on with Amanda Nunez. But, um, yeah, it's hard to bet against Amanda Nunez, dude. Amanda Nunez could be like a top five five featherweights of the men's division if she wanted, dude. I don't know. Yeah, she'll probably knock my ass out, too. (laughs) But the one thing I want want to see from Megan is I just want her – to stay confident and just keep stay her ground. I w- I don't want her to be scared and fighting off like her back, you know, or like right. fighting from going backwards. Because I think yeah. that's what that's a big problem with a lot of the, the females, and I and I totally get it. I, I would fight going backwards too because I'm I would be scared as hell. But so I, I just hope Anderson just stays her ground, works her jab. I think she has a, the length to she does. land. So. She's tough, man. I mean, does she train with uh, uh, 
City Kickboxing with Eugene and them? Or no? No, she trains with... Uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, Curse? Uh, Is it out of Australia? Because she's Australian, right? No, it's out of uh, Kansas City. Oh, jeez. James Curse. Okay. He's a fighter, too. Oh, Kraus. Kraus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kraus. James Kraus. Sorry. He's good. I like that guy. James Kraus. Yeah, he's nice. I think he was. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good coach. Uh, I don't know who the main coach is, but yeah, he's got a big hand in helping Megan. <clears throat> That'd be but, interesting, man. I, I, I mean, I think it's safe to say, uh, just like you said, safe bet. Mana Nunez is a safe bet. But again, never know what's going to happen. Never know. If Nunez loses, it's because she got clipped by a punch. Yeah. And yeah, that that's how I see if Amanda loses, getting clipped. Getting clipped and getting a rematch. And... She's Australian though, right, Megan? Yeah. That'd be impressive, man. If she, if she was able to pull off that upset and get the belt, I mean, you got... Yeah, Israel, you got Alexander Volkanovsky, you got Megan Anderson, all champions. That's pretty crazy. <clears throat> yeah. But, I mean, who else is next? I mean, oh, main um, event, Israel. Yeah, we'll just touch on the main event. Oof. Um, oof, oof, oof. Yeah. Jan Israel. versus uh, Stylebender. Um, Jan showing dominance against the dominant Reyes, I thought. I was that surprised the crap out of me. I think it surprised everyone. Um because looking at you know Dominic Reyes' last performance before that fight was against John Jones. And yep. I personally believe Dominic Reyes won that fight, just saying. But and then he got dominated by Jan. I, I think a lot of us thought Dominic Reyes was just gonna, you know, make Jan some light work and to get him out of there real quick, but man, I was then, <clears throat> surprised. You know, you know, Dom was going to start chasing after John Jones's ass if he won that fight. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wanting that second fight, of course. Yeah, he's been real quiet since that fight, so <laughs> he can't yeah. even say much after that. But Jan is a he's a very unorthodox Muay Thai striker. So I think if Izzy just watches out for those kicks and conserves his legs, I think Izzy sticks and moves on Jan all night. He definitely could. I mean, yeah, he – I mean, Izzy, Izzy has been telling people, telling the media that he's going to wait. He's going to come in pretty light on his weight. Um, I pulled – I found that article I was telling you about earlier, and he was – you know how Izzy is. He kind of jokes around, and you can't really tell him he's being serious when he's not. But he yeah, – no, no, no. That serious. He he did though. He told media. He said no way. he said that he might he might just cap his weight at one ninety three for the fight. Like he might not even weigh any more than one ninety three. So what the freak? But again, I kind of I kind of wonder. You know, I mean, is he's really smart? Best striker, probably, arguably the best striker in in the whole UFC. But I mean, that might be a calculated decision because he knows. Going in, you know, he wants to keep his speed, and if he gets too heavy, he might not have that speed. So maybe it's a calculated decision on his part to stay light. Mm-hmm. 
and you, you know Jan, I mean, he's going to weigh in at 205, but, you know, these guys, they, they walk around at different weights. So Jan might be weighing more. Yeah. I mean, he might be up there in 220s, you know, you never know. So, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, doing some of my homework on, on how Jan fights, and um, I've already watched every Izzy fight, you know, just because I think we watched them all just live, most of them. But um, Jan yeah. gets wild. Jan he's gets one wild. of those fighters <clears throat> where – he does. He does. So I think, yeah, I think Izzy is one of those fighters where I will throw down any money I have just to watch him fight. Yeah, probably one of my favorite champions and my favorite fighter on the roster. But yeah, Jan does leave himself exposed a little bit. He, I don't know, he likes to throw from the side, side to side a little bit yeah. with his punches. Yeah. So yeah, I just. If he can just keep those leg kicks and keep his legs fresh and not damaged, yeah, I see Izzy becoming double champ. I don't know if he's going to defend those simultaneously, but I'd be interesting if he did. It would be. I think he I think he has intentions to. Because I, I think and going back to the weight thing where he, he plans on coming in pretty light for his weight, I think that's why. I think he wants to be able to be in a place where he can jump up or ju- or cut the weight easy. You know what I mean? So yeah, and I feel like he does. One eighty five doesn't kill him too bad. It doesn't. Than others, if at all. Like I don't even think he struggles at all to get yeah. there. Um. But yeah, this will be interesting. Jan's got some serious power though, like for sure. That's something I notice. Is like he's just a strong dude. He's definitely not as fast as Izzy. Um, I don't no. think he's as quick. I don't think he's as crisp with his striking. I don't think it's as precise or as accurate, even though he – I think he has – I think he's won eight of his last nine fights. But, um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. He, he you know, he mixes his striking up pretty well too, Jan. He, he mixes his striking yeah, up pretty well. Does. Yeah, it's I, – I don't know why. I just – kind of rewatching his fights, I noticed that. He's he's got some pretty good kicks, good body kicks. Yes, he does. Was, was that how he got Dominic Reyes's that big old? I don't know what it was on Dominic Reyes's torso, oh, but that was that from, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it like uh, kicks. yeah? It was a kick. Okay. Yeah. So and it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. I, I don't know all three of those fights. I the only one that I can say that I know for sure. <laughs> I'm pretty confident Amanda Nunez will win. Um, but yeah, the other two, I don't know. I'm worried of counting Jan out. Jan's it's that power, man. It's the equalizer, just like the whole Kurt, uh, Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis thing. I mean, goodness gracious, yeah. that power changes everything. <clears throat> so, with wrapping up on the those main event fights, one last person I want to I want to talk about is Islam Makachev. Because I think he is in kind of a spotlight of Khabib. Yeah. Training with Khabib. Um, Khabib, I think Khabib will be there for that fight. I think Islam, yeah, there's a lot riding on Islam. But Islam has a tough opponent ahead of him in Drew Dober. Drew Dober's pretty nice, I'm not going to lie. But, uh, yeah, Islam Makachev doesn't have an easy night that night. (laughs) 
Man, there's so I follow this account on uh, IG. It's called Numbers MMA, and it's this dude that just posts all these like stats, just constantly, just stats of MMA fighters. Okay. His last one he just posted was about Islam Makachev, and it said that Islam Makachev has absorbed an average of just 0.76 significant strikes per minute in the octagon, so less than one. Holy shit! And then um, it says that nobody else in UFC history with a minimum of five fights, has an average below 1.0. So he's the, he has like the lowest average, or he has the lowest amount of significant strikes absorbed, like in UFC history. Kind of crazy. Well, yeah, Islam did, Islam did get rocked in his last fight. Um, but that's the, like the only time I've seen him in yeah. danger. But it, it, it wasn't even a, like a bad rock, but... More like a stun. He got yeah. stunned, maybe. Yeah, <clears throat> just a little bit. And he still won that fight, but... Just yeah. that, man. That whole market, dude. The whole, like, Russian or Dagestani or whatever market. Because, I mean, Peter Jan's Russian. It's a freaking beast. You got Khabib, who's single-handedly, you could say, put it, put them on the map, Dagestan. And now all these guys... Yeah. When you look at the roster now, you just see all these names that are just Namagomedov, Sheriff. Medov, just all these Nurmagomedov's type of sounding names, dude. It's like they're all over the place now, man. And I bet Ali's representing all like of them. Ten different uh, Nagamedovs, mm-hmm. and they're not all related. Probably. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah, man. We'll have the whole family here to watch. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. Yeah, so next week episode we'll probably recap the the card and you know major points on that. But yeah, yeah, just wrapping up this first episode though. I'm I'm, I'm glad to be uh, us hosting a podcast channel and you know talking about the sport that we love and yeah, I'm I'm just grateful for you guys listens and you know your guys plays and. We will be back and bring more content to you guys. And I hope you guys stay with us and watch us grow. Right. Want to say anything, Trent? No, just kind of pretty much everything you said. Just happy to be here. We're very passionate about, you know, we're we're enthusiasts. We're fans of the sport. We, me and Aries have never competed in a day in any kind of martial arts, but we love the sport. <laughs> we're constantly texting each other throughout the day or throughout the event what we think, you know, and about who's winning or what someone needs to do. And yeah, we've grown very passionate about MMA. So we're just excited to be doing yeah, this. It is, it is very nice to uh, get on a podcast and get all these feelings out about fights and stuff. And yeah. instead of keeping it in our text thread. So yeah, it's, it's, it's nice, a ni- nice outlet. <laughs> Yeah, we'll definitely, we're going to definitely, we just had to pull the trigger and get on it because we kept talking about it for so long and now we're here. I mean, we're still going to set up, you know, like a social media account where we can kind of communicate with uh, listeners and followers and even maybe set up a Q&A, you know, so. Respectfully. Yeah, respectfully. None of this, yeah. But yeah, we're going to try I know how you on Twitter. (laughs) I know, man. It's crazy. We're probably going to do something like that too. Yeah. 
probably bring up some hot takes that we find on Twitter and comment sections or whatnot. And put some. Oh yes, that brings me to uh, a fun uh, segment we will have on this going forward is dumbass tweets we see on Twitter yeah. and breaking them down basically because there's a lot of people talking out their ass. So yeah, there's no yeah. shortage. There's no shortage of terrible takes on Twitter. <laughs> I don't think I had Twitter. I've had Twitter for almost like seven years now. And I've never commented on people's posts. And the one thing that's gotten me to comment on people's posts is dumb MMA takes. So Short memory. There's just short memory fans that forget yeah. and probably have been fans for like three years probably. About three months, but, dude. Frick. Yeah, probably that. But. Yeah. Anyways, you guys, uh, thank you guys for your listens. And we'll be back next week. And yeah, thank you guys for listening.